0: Welcome to Living Well with Ann Beal. Our show is a health show, a lifestyle show, and an empowerment show rolled into one. Get ready to hear some stories of success, healthy living tips, and suggestions to get motivated and live your best life. Now, here is your host, Ann Beal.
1: Hello everyone. This is your host, Ann Beal, life coach and licensed counselor. Welcome to Living Well. show with high-profile celebrities and guests who have found the keys to living healthy, successful, and fulfilling lives. Today my guest is Tommy Kirby, millionaire, business owner, and CEO. Welcome to the show, Tommy.
2: It's good to be here today, And How are you today?
1: I am wonderful. I'm doing really well, and I'm so excited to have you here because you have a great life story. Yes, I do. Well, okay, so we are in Fort Worth, Texas today, Yes. And where are you actually from?
2: I'm actually from Fort Worth, Texas. I was born and raised in Fort Worth.
1: In the little town of Fort Worth.
2: In the little little town of (laughs) Cowtown.
1: Where'd you go to high school?
2: I went to high school at Polytechnic in uh, the Polytechnic area.
1: Is that the poly parrots? Yes, ma'am, it sure
2: is. You must really, really (laughs) be on your toes to know where the parrots.
1: The parrots. I always thought the parrots didn't seem very scary.
2: Well, they weren't scary. Actually, we had them as pets.
1: (laughs) (laughs) As pets. Okay. Well, let's dive right in. You have a lot of experience, and we want to kind of go through it a little bit and get all the tidbits of information to help the listeners know how this can help them in business and in their life. Um, You have quite a bit of experience, so you must be about eighty years old, and uh, you have forty years in construction.
2: That's correct.
1: So you must have gone into construction like when you were little, like young, like right out of high school,
2: college? Pretty close to it, pretty much to it. I uh, I had a real niche or a real drawing to construction, and I really liked building things.
1: Well, how did that, um, that happen? So you, you went right out of high school then? Yes. And so you had a lot of jobs leading up to... You remain where you have your own business now, right?
2: Yes, that's correct.
1: Okay. You know, it's interesting because it seems like most all of the self-made millionaires that I know, and I mean self-made millionaires, they didn't go to college.
2: That's correct. I did not go to a college. I, uh, I went into the workforce, actually, and learned from the workforce.
1: Well, you know, it... it um, it's interesting, did you start your own business right out of high school or did you just start working for people?
2: I always had a real yearning to, to work for myself, but I started with the odd jobs here and there and, and uh, things that were that led up to the fact that I could be responsible enough to, to work for myself.
1: What kind of jobs did you have? Mm, I had jobs that were the first
2: couple three jobs weren't very meaningful as far as construction, and uh, they didn't draw my attention. But uh, uh, I had several jobs that, when I was younger, that uh, uh, like carpentry work. I worked uh, really extremely hard at that, and uh, wanted to realize that at that time in life that. Uh, being a uh, carpenter was very, very important. Of course, our Savior was a carpenter too. So. Yeah, he was a carpenter. Yes, that's he was. cool. Yes.
1: Well, I, I know in your background, one time you laid asphalt. Yes. I was reading about that. How hard was that? That sounds hard.
2: Oh, it was extremely hard. And It was. Uh, I could tell that that was, even though it was in construction business, it was a form of construction that I wasn't particularly drawn to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, how how profitable was that business?
2: Uh, it's a. Uh, not really. At that time, it was, it, I thought it would be profitable, but it was something that it wasn't very good for Tommy Ray.
1: So tell me, of all the jobs you had, um, which was the hardest job?
2: The hardest job I had was, it uh, was never a real, real hard job, Ann. Oh. No, they were, they were kind of, <laughs> there were some had more obstacles than I wanted to bear, but uh, Wow. Well,
1: I was wondering because I saw one where it's you were laying concrete or something like that, and mm-hmm. it just seemed like it would be hard work.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. And uh, uh, being young in, in the concrete business and the ready mix business, and um, being young when you start out, you kind of have to. Uh, uh, you are, You have to work hard. You work yourself physically because the, the labor force is not not quite here, there with you yet. So, yeah. So you actually, uh, uh, you wind up working a lot of hours, yeah. a lot of time, a lot of physical labor.
1: So that was physic- a lot of physical. Yeah, yes, it was. Well, it seems like that would push you to know physically the max of what you could do when you're doing concrete. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, when I went
2: home, I really felt strong. You <laughs> <He> felt strong. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, okay. So then eventually you went to work for a guy who had a construction business. And and did you mentor under him, or how did that work?
2: Yes. Yes, I uh, – uh, actually, I was pretty fortunate. The very first guy that I had worked for,
0: he, uh, uh, he was a civil engineer. And
2: uh, he was doing uh, foundations and things that uh, – uh, our concrete work that was related uh, to, to his trade. So we had some pretty good jobs, and, um, and he took a liking to me. He said I was a, a decent and kind person and a, and a good worker. So the, the very first week, the, this gentleman, is, uh, uh, he gave me a $5 an hour raise, and I said, well, now come on, this is not hard to figure out. This is where my niche is.
1: That sounds. I like him. Oh yeah, I like him. Well, okay. So, how did you get into starting your own business? How did that work?
2: Well, I had a real desire, actually, from a child to to, to work for myself and uh, tried my hand at the at the uh, asphalt business and and I tried my hand at several things, you know, but uh, I uh, I got into it because. Uh, I just had a real drawing. It was something that I felt a calling to do as a human and as uh, to make myself free.
1: How did it feel going before that, before you actually got to the point you started your own business? Hmm. How did it feel going from job to job to job over the years? Not really finding what you were really wanting.
2: Mm, it felt, a lot of times I felt like, you know, there's got to be a different uh, uh, there's something out there that that a man can do to make himself worthy to himself and uh, uh, and profitable at the same time. So as I tried these jobs, you know, I I, um, I kind of like uh, if you know if it was so negative or so unpositive in my flow or my activity or my my abilities, uh, I kind of backed off of those following those, or pursuing those, those avenues of, uh, of trade or, or business mm-hmm. now. Being a young man, I actually was searching for my purpose in life as well.
1: So you knew you hadn't found it yet? Yes. Okay. And how did you? How old were you when you actually started your business?
2: Uh, I was about uh, 26, 27 years old.
1: Twenty six. Okay, 27. So that was about mm, 18 to 20. That was like eight years Mm -hmm. of going, like job, changing jobs every year, every couple years. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, What did you find after all that time when you finally got in construction? What did you find that you did not know how to do? I found uh, uh, that it's the creativeness of it
2: the wonderful finish of it um when you actually are putting ready mix on the ground it's permanent pretty much permanent
1: Permanent. yeah Mm -hmm.
2: and uh, i like that uh i tried to do and i did the best that i could and uh and tried to perfect it and i tried to uh learn all there was to know about my particular trade and uh, uh, it was just a real challenge to me, and I loved it because I was good at it.
1: Did you need to know math? <laughs> oh, oh my!
2: When I was uh, when I was pretty young, you know, uh, I feel sorry for young people who don't think they need to know their math, or uh, that the uh, you know what what am I going to use this for? But, right. So when I you know I finally got started, I realized that. Uh, the math was extremely, extremely important, geometry and algebra and, oh, gosh. and all these things that, that I thought in high school was just, you know, why am I learning this? And uh, and then all of a sudden, it, it came into my work, for into my part of my life in, in, in figuring volumes and and uh, in estimating and all kinds of things. It was just a, it was a, I had to kind of like teach myself uh, all over again, you know, like because... You know, in high school, I had a tendency to, I could just get through this
0: class. But then when I got out into the workforce, I really had to use it. And then
2: I, you know, I kind of like had to teach myself all over again.
1: Well, you know, I, I majored in math mm-hmm. and um, had no idea what I was going to do with it. Mm-hmm. But running my own business now, I constantly use it for accounting to like to figure out how much I make every day Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, give people change to I just when you think about the accounting side of it to make sure that people are paying you right or that the bills are paid or anything like that. I just think, oh, I'm so thankful, Mm -hmm. so thankful that I know math. And I would think in construction because you also, you know, dirt. Mm-hmm. the volumes of yes. dirt, how much dirt you have, all of the, uh, knowing how much concrete to get, and, and definitely even just money, just mm-hmm. understanding money. Mm-hmm. How did you learn that?
2: Well, there's there's a little bit of difference between just knowing money and, yeah. and knowing accounting. And yeah. uh, our, actually accounting is a little bit different than just numbers. Uh, when you look at a uh, uh, basic accounting, uh, there is a method to accounting. It's kind of like a, uh, a template or, or whatever we need to do and uh, to, to make ends meet. But uh, that's the ultimate of accounting. But I had to learn accounting in a proper method to do it. Uh, uh, the things that I, I leaned towards in, in accounting was I didn't know it.
0: You didn't
1: know <laughs> no, I didn't
2: it. No, like, so I had to keep myself, really. How
1: about being a salesman to sell it?
2: <laughs> well, now, I wasn't too bad at selling it. I really, I, I had a, uh, a real feel for for people, and and I enjoyed people, and I enjoyed working for people, and most of the time the, uh, uh, the reward of being with people was it was not hard to sell myself at all, because I was genuine.
1: So was the bidding part. So if the sales part wasn't tough, because you naturally have this charisma about you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: how about the bidding part?
2: Well, now you can have all the charisma you want. Right. You can have everything. You can have your accounting in order and everything. But if you're not, if and you can sell till you're blue in the face, and you can sell and you can sell and you can sell. But if you don't produce and make money at it, then the next day may be very well unprofitable, due to the fact that uh, we uh, due to the fact that we are trying to uh, to make a living. And make more money.
1: Okay. Well, you know, I was wondering about that. Because I know that bidding in general is, is a tough thing to do it right. To not underbid or overbid. Mm-hmm. Um, being an actual entrepreneur and learning all that is pretty phenomenal. So you did really well.
2: Mm-hmm. That's correct.
1: Did, you know, did you quickly do well?
2: No. Uh, there was lots of training and, and uh, there was lots of uh, trial and error. Uh, There was lots of um, doing jobs for nothing, and uh, that was in lots of hours, too, and Lots and lots of hours.
1: Lots of hours, okay. Yes, it was. So, how did that happen with your family?
2: Well, needless to say, when you put in a lot of hours, your children and your family do not see you during daylight hours. Yeah. I think that it's not much different than farming or something of that nature. You know, when the sun's shining, you make hay. And uh, when the sun's shining, you pull ready mix. So.
1: So now it's been many years later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you started off, and you were doing really successful and really well. Um, so why weren't you happy?
2: Uh, there was a little bit of... Um, there, there was an emptiness, emptiness in me. Uh, uh, I, uh, uh, you know, I had I had worked most of my life into and, and, uh, and had followed my dream of being a business owner. And uh, when you get to a point where you think you're successful or you feel successful, it doesn't really mean that. Uh, it doesn't really mean that you uh, are successful. It it just means you have money and. So I had to really search. I had all the answers and things that I needed for uh, to be in business and to uh, be successful in business. But then, too, as a businessman, you get a little bit more mature in this and you, you realize that, uh, that, that all of that was you had, to, you had to put it together and you had to realize that uh, there was more responsibility to life than just being in business.
1: Right. Okay. So for you, um, you you know, before we go into the break, you had lots of money. Did your family enjoy the money? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They enjoyed it. They enjoyed that. Okay. How about your kids?
2: <laughs> yes, they enjoyed it. They hadn't. They had to no, They didn't have a need for anything when we were young.
1: Yeah. Were they happy? What do you think?
2: Uh, they kind of had their. They had their times of happiness, and you know, they enjoyed the gifts. Right. And uh, but. I think in my heart that they probably would have enjoyed your father a little more time at home.
1: Yeah, that's the main thing, not being there. Yes. And so when you look back, is that one of the things that you wish you'd have done differently?
2: Oh, yes, for sure. I would have hugged and loved those children with all my heart.
1: It is a hard balance, Mm -hmm. you know, to really achieve that. I think that, you know, when people are looking for nirvana or trying to find the best life, they pick one thing or the other they pick money or they pick family or you know they sacrifice one or the other um they sacrifice friends they may sacrifice church um what's the truth about all that
2: the truth is is um if you're going to be a successful business owner you have to put the time in yeah you have to you have to uh, there's not a and i feel sorry for businessmen today (laughs) no matter what business, it, whether selling toys or, or doing ready mix or, or whatever type of business the men are in today, I feel sorry for them that uh, they have to put the time in.
1: Well, and I think we're going to go from there and go on to a commercial break, and we'll pick up from there for Tommy to tell us, you put a lot of time in and then you find balance, and I want to hear the secret to that. So we'll get you back soon.
3: Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: Have you ever noticed that sometimes life just feels easier, especially when judgment of you or anyone else ceases to exist? What if you could function from that space all the time? What if gratitude is the key? Every time you are grateful for someone or something, a new universe opens up. What difference can you create in your life and the world from the energy, space, and consciousness of gratitude? Join us on Access Consciousness Presents Beyond Saying Thank You every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
4: There are 13 unbreakable habits of truly enlightened people. These life-changing habits are discussed on Dream the Life, Live the Dream with Dr. Yomi Garnett. We'll offer an excursion in self-discovery along with wisdom that will allow you to stay on the correct path toward your destiny. You can find excellence in your life. Tune in every Thursday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, that's 10 a.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for this exciting transformational journey.
0: Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Absurd Psychology, Straight Answers Without All the Bold, hosted by Dr. Gary Bell. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, on Voice America Empowerment.
3: Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed.
0: You are listening to Living Well with Ann Beal. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back. This is your host, Ann Beal, with my guest, Tommy Kirby. Um, I'd love for you guys to email us, ablivingwell at gmail.com. We would love to hear your comments. And, um, Tommy, we were talking about that with all your success, there was something missing.
2: Yes, there is. There was something missing in my life, Ann, and and uh, uh, I knew Christ spiritually, and uh, I knew that my duty and love was to be with Christ, and uh, and and also to to be with my family. You know, God set up that institution, and uh, after I had become accomplished in my in my work, it really wasn't worth a whole lot except to me. My family was very important. And uh, so there was a time that uh, I felt really, really abandoned and felt lonely and felt tired because uh, I had uh, kind of like uh, just left them out there.
1: Well, did you feel—I mean, I know you felt a lot of good things about being successful. That yes, yes, really yes, good.
2: yes. Uh, that was absolutely a <laughs> given, I promise.
1: I would think a lot of self-esteem would come from that. Yes. Um and did your family really understand?
2: Well, when you're directly involved with certain things, sometimes your family doesn't quite understand my success and my, my goals of accomplishment. Now, the, because they're seeing their father right. and, 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 and your wives, the wives of men and businessmen, are seeing their husband. They're not seeing the accomplished guy that uh, people see of the world.
1: Now, did they work with you? Did your wife work with you in the business?
2: No, she uh, she really didn't care to. Uh, she kind of was, uh, she was very good support. I mean, spiritually and, and, and mentally. And uh, But, it, it, you know, she, she had a lonely feeling because I was working so many hours.
1: She missed you. I bet yes, she, she married. I yes. bet she married you because she wanted to spend time with you.
2: Uh-huh, cause i cause I was a real <laughs> handsome guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so funny that uh, marriage. You know, you don't, you can't even stand being away from each other for a night, right? Yes, so you right. have to move in together, so you're not away at all. Yep. And then over time, you get kind of obsessed mm-hmm. in some ways with other things, and you can uh, forget somebody's waiting at home. But I, I know for you you did say you have to put in time to be successful. And I think that's true. You have to have a good work ethic. You have to put in hard work. And so how did you get to the point um, when you felt maybe your lowest? Um, what do you think you felt like?
2: Well, uh, my spiritual life as well, it, it suffered some. But, uh, you know, I managed as a young man to... Uh, uh, to always uh, realize that that Christ was in charge of everything. Now, when I was at full throttle, I I, I wonder if it was me or it was uh, or the world drawing me into that. So, but Christ kept me at a, at a good bridle there uh, of uh, making me whole. And uh, but He also wanted me to be successful at the same time, because He actually turned and, and give me the blessings. Uh, he laid out my life for me in my business because I knew that my calling was to be who I was.
1: But I remember I remember one time you told me that you, you laughed about it. You said there was a time when you knew you needed God in your business. Yes. And uh, you decided to... Um, Serve him on Sunday.
2: Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. I think that's after the uh, the, the Holy Spirit had given me a, a tremendous spanking for some uh, work not done very well, <laughs> and I had to kind of like redo it. You know, it was part of the uh, the learning process.
1: That was a big financial loss then.
2: Oh yes, it was. It was.
1: You could tell on your face it was painful. Oh even very. Mention. Very
2: very painful.
1: Yeah, so God kind of gave you. You felt like you got a spank in some ways or something, mm-hmm. and so you committed to Sundays.
2: Yes, I did. I sure did. When I committed to Sundays, uh, I, I was trying. I was being honest and sincere with my Savior. You know, I uh, I wanted to uh, satisfy satisfy Him. I started getting the uh, uh, the the real spiritual feelings of life, and uh, and wanted to make Him happy and proud of me at the same time. Instead of me walking through life as uh, oh, as if I could do it all, mm-hmm. because I was at the time, you know, you young businessman, you're thinking, you know, look what I can do, and then God shows you, well, let me show you. If you think you can do these things, you get yourself out of this trouble. So, when I had uh, the experience of uh, having to learn about redos, yeah,
1: redos, redos, yeah. yes, mm-hmm.
2: it. Uh, it uh, brought me to a, a fact of, uh, of the spiritual, spiritual world of, of my business as well.
1: Well, and I, I know that um, you like the story about Cain.
2: Oh, yes. In
1: that uh, he was cast away from his family. Mm-hmm. He was cursed. Um, but he still became the first businessman. You talked about that. Yeah, I've heard you talk about that.
2: Yes. Uh, you know, when Cain was cast from... Adam and Eve, and because uh, God had put him out of uh, the land where Adam and Eve were, and was and uh, uh, because he had slung, slew his brother, I um, God took him and told him to go to another land and sent Cain to the land of Nod. And uh, when he went into Nod, he went in there and you know he he, he got there and you know he became a. He built a city called Enoch, mm-hmm. So, and then he uh, brought resources from the ground where he forged implements, uh, tools or whatever it might be. I don't—maybe even implements of uh, of war. I don't know.
1: That's kind of cool, though, to think. I think most people, all they think of Cain is that he killed his brother.
2: Yes. right?
1: They don't know anything else about him. Mm-hmm. And I think probably most people listening don't know he went into construction and he built a city. That's right. And um, so even though his plight was, um, you know, difficult, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he thought people would want to kill him. So God still protected him mm-hmm. and put a mark on him. But he, so he went he went and started working and, mm-hmm. and maybe to feel better about himself, feel better about God. But mm-hmm. he did some really incredible things. And I see why you relate to that. Mm-hmm. Because... I mean, we're fallen creatures, mm, right. and yet we still build. We still put our hands to work. Mm-hmm. And so what is it that you identified with that, you think?
2: Well, being cast out by God and uh, being sent to another city, I, I have a, a earnest and sincere feeling spiritually that uh, Cain was constantly trying to get approval from God, Jehovah God himself. And uh, he wanted approval so he felt the harder he worked at uh, being a builder or an industrialist or a salesman, no matter what it was, he was thinking that God would probably uh, uh, spare him, yeah. and uh, he was getting spared only on the earth, it seemed.
1: Yeah. Well, and he was building his own empire.
2: Oh yes, so, very much. Very first, very first businessman. So were life. you
1: um, building your empire? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I know that uh, some things happened to you um, and you call it your dark place, kind of. Um, and yet you were very successful. And we, I always kid around about uh, businessmen and golf.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That is mandatory. <laughs> you cannot mandatory. be a businessman without playing golf because it, it's a challenge of life, Miss Ann.
1: Well, explain to me how it is that you get addicted to golf.
2: Well, I think it. Uh, we play at different conditions. We play at different times, and we play with different physical abilities each day. And so, what was good yesterday is not good today in golf.
1: Well, and it is very addictive.
2: Yes, it is. So, did you get
1: lost in that? Because it takes a lot of time. And I have wives, okay? I have women complain to me Mm. about their husbands with golf because they leave and they're gone half the day. Yes. You know, it takes a long time to play a round of golf. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, they feel left behind again. Their husband's finally out of business, but he's off golfing doing business.
2: Because mm-hmm.
1: you did business on the golf course, didn't you?
2: Oh, yes. you can. Uh, the business I did on the golf course, I've gotten some really good uh, relations with some good businessmen on the right. golf course and, and sincere. And well,
1: don't you think that's how you can end up doing it a lot? I mean, there's so many um, excuses you can make about building business. Mm-hmm. When you're off from work mm-hmm. and golfing, I mean your addictions in general that you've talked about I mean, I know cigars and um, which again is very common mm-hmm. with businessmen yes. when we talk about it, what happened to you and all that what when you look back I mean why is that a bad thing
2: well it it was uh, I kind of felt that it was a a bad thing because uh, it was an addiction it was an addiction to a certain degree because it was a constant uh, uh, you know uh, I've got to get good at this. Being accomplished in business, you know, and and learning the accounting and the and the selling and the and and all the things that I had to learn, you know, and then being accomplished to that, you know, golf was something I constantly conti- con- you know, continuously tried to perfect. And the golf game you cannot perfect.
1: No. I don't think you can. No. Isn't that why any man, no matter how good he is, no. um, did your family hate golf?
2: <laughs> uh, well, no, not really. But they, they wished again, you see. They seen a trend where they, they had rather have me with them. But uh, I enjoyed it. I played golf pretty much quite a bit. <laughs> um,
1: I do remember <clears throat> when your pastor said something about your cigar smoking. Mm-hmm. You know, that was quite an event. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet it did, the whole thing kind of, you were changing at that point. Um, mm-hmm. I know that you felt... Empty and in a lot of ways, and even with all that money. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, eventually you came to coaching.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: What do you think drove you to that?
2: Because deep down inside, even after I'd been accomplished again as a businessman and, and semi-accomplished in golf and, and all these things, I had a drive in me that, uh, or I had a feeling or, or something was driving in me to be the that was, I I was angry. I was either angry because I couldn't uh, be accomplished at something or, or, or whatever. And I had a lot of anger in me and I had a lot of um, envy and I had a lot of pride and didn't realize that it was deep down in my core.
1: Do you know what the anger was?
2: Mm, With a little coaching, I actually, yes, ma'am. I'm telling you the coaching is uh, a coaching is something that I, I would suggest that all businessmen actually do some sort of life coaching.
1: Why do, you, why do you say that?
2: Because we really don't realize we kind of walk through the briar patch thinking we're not going to get scratched. And we may not get scratched, but we're not, we can't walk through the briar patch without getting scratched. And, and so I'm thinking that because we're accomplished, we're so overwhelmed with our own pride that we overlooked. The anger and, and, uh, and
1: But there had to be something. What was the main push that brought you in? Because, um, you know, well, there had to be something to push you over that line to finally decide on life coaching.
2: Uh, I felt miserable. Oh. I felt horrible. I felt, uh, very empty and I felt like that, uh, uh, I was extremely heartbroken. Heartbroken. Yes.
1: That's a really good thing to get you there. Yes. Okay. Um... So (laughs) I remember that uh, you were very difficult following instructions. It's almost like uh, when there are things you did to the T. Mm -hmm. You know, you were very good at your quiet time. Mm -hmm. Um, I had asked you to journal, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. And uh, it was a while before I realized you weren't journaling based on the instructions. You Mm -hmm. were doing it your way, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And at times, and it would laugh because that's what happens with Mm -hmm. these um, successful businessmen. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's hard to get them to understand that some of the simplest things will help them the most. Mm -hmm. You know, they're used to doing such incredible things, hard things, you Mm -hmm. know, just... Just um, and they they come expecting something phenomenal, mm-hmm. you know, hard, difficult, and they're ready to dig in. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it and change my life. Mm-hmm. And then we give you simple things, mm-hmm. and it is very hard.
2: It's extremely hard to <laughs> say, only only you and I can know those things. And uh, I'm sure that uh, if most people would examine, especially businessmen, would examine themselves, they would be the same type of empty feeling. And uh, they so what, they need to bring that out.
1: What are you thinking? Coaching was some of the, you know, what what did you go through? Was it heart wrenching?
2: It was very 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 good for me. It actually had me examine who I was from a child to now to the very day that I was I was journaling about and and going back and connecting and and rewiring where pains and and anger and things like that had. Uh, Uh, you know, kind of drawn me away from true meaning of life.
1: Yeah, I think the things that, um, you know, life coaching looks, the only thing it goes back to Mm -hmm. are the things that are sabotaging you Mm -hmm, today. Because usually what makes um, a person so successful Mm -hmm. can often haunt them Mm -hmm. all the time. Yes. And so for you, what you wanted to achieve, there were stumbling blocks getting in your way.
2: Yes, I, I wanted to I wanted to have I had peace of, of knowing Christ as my Savior, and I had peace of uh, serving Christ, but there was there was a little more to my life and and I knew that there was something that I wasn't letting go of in life, and I needed to find a process to be able to get back and uh, uh, and find out how to actually go back in because I was restricting myself. Deep down inside, from being all that I could be.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you didn't even know what it was that was messing you up.
2: No. You know. No.
1: And um. And.
2: But it was horrible, Miss Anne. It was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, but you were willing to do the work.
2: Mm, yes, I was. I think that uh, probably. Uh, When I started coaching, I might have been the longest student ever in history.
1: (laughs) I don't think you were the longest student ever in history, but you were incredible. Mm -hmm. And you went above and beyond. Mm -hmm. Um, And you were very good at taking constructive criticism Mm -hmm. to help you get better. Mm -hmm. And so... um, Tommy has such an incredible story for his uh, what's happened since coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want to, he wants to go through that a little bit, actually. Yes. And um, what do you think for you was the uh, main turning point for you?
2: Uh, actually stopping and, uh, and and examining myself deeper than uh, actually that uh, I, I could be more than what I was, too, at the same time. Yeah, I could be The love, I didn't have to pretend, and I didn't have to pretend a lot of stuff. I was going to actually feel the love and feel uh, complete.
1: And get rid of that anger.
2: Yes. Yes, ma'am. The anger was horrible.
1: Yeah, it was horrible. Well, okay, cool. When we get back... Uh, We will finish up with Tommy talking about the coaching process and just to see how it has transformed his business, his life, his spiritual life, and his family life. So we will listen back with Living Well in just a few moments.
3: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's time to access your magic.
4: Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenise Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenise and her expert guests who have turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel have the power within to achieve anything, be it wealth, balance in your life, getting over your fears and roadblocks and creating a positive impact on the world. Let Darby Mack show you how on the Powerful, Passionate, Prosperous Woman Show. Darby will bring you the tools and tips that you need to make it all happen with engaging guests and topics that will help you make your dreams come true. The Powerful, Passionate, Prosperous Woman Show is heard live every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. You achieve balance in your life? Is it when everything runs in perfect alignment with each other, time, money, and life? You can keep everything in nearly perfect balance. Listen for Be Mighty with KD Marley, which is made up of two people, K Mar and D Lee. The hosts have worked with small business owners to find the best and most systematic way of tracking both time and money in order to achieve work life balance to their advantage. The show can help you, too. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice
3: America Empowerment Channel. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment.
0: Listening to Living Well with Ann Beale. We'd love to hear from you with comments and questions about the show. Please send us an email to ablivingwell at gmail.com. That's ablivingwell at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show.
1: Welcome back. This is your host, Ann Beal, on Living Well. We are talking with Tommy Kirby, a CEO business owner, very successful businessman, about um, the spiritual life of a businessman. And um, right before commercial, we were talking about his coaching, life coaching experience, uh, what brought him in, um, what led him to really uh, come in for coaching. What did you say you were? Excuse me, Ann? What did you say you were? Why did you come in for coaching?
2: I was pretty angry. Angry. Yes.
1: Yeah, I thought you used the word miserable a little while ago. Miserable,
2: miserable. and angry. Yes.
1: Yeah. What do you think the misery was from?
2: It was from a a, a, a deeper anger from from from, a, from a possibly a child, and then through my guilt and and pride of a, of a neglect in my family, and uh, you know there was a lot of. Uh, the different things that uh, that the process was was all connected together it was a connection
1: well so the anger was from was it just built up over time with i mean honestly you had a lot of years of really successful work but you probably mm-hmm. had a lot of people you got angry at mm-hmm. did you ever because you were such a pleaser i mean mm-hmm. you are oh i mean everyone loves you you should have heard the town of hazlitt when they heard you were going to be on today oh tommy kirby everybody mm-hmm. loves him right mm-hmm. So you stuff a lot. You stuffed a lot of the dark emotions.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, it, it helped me to realize that even though people loved me, uh, it, that I needed to love myself, and I needed to know uh, uh, that that I was acceptable to myself. And uh, uh, with coaching and, uh, and and everything, it, it went back and, and it had me examine my life from childhood. Until the day that uh, of all the coaching, and uh, it was a great thing.
1: It was a great thing. It was See, a great thing. I think a lot of people are like, "Uh, no." Mm-hmm. Um, but for you, you are you saying that uh, you didn't like yourself?
2: Well, I, I did on the outside, and uh, actually,
1: how do you like yourself on the outside?
2: Yeah, I really. <laughs> I, well, it's different, you know. It's kind of like I was a pleaser, or oh. I. I oh, sorry, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Or you know. it's... A, a pleaser or, you know, a, and, and I was also a critic to and I, A
1: critic to yourself?
2: Yes, oh. yes. And so, uh, and you know, it kind of kept me down to where I was guilty, uh, you know, all the time about, well, you know, I just need to quit pleasing people so much or, or uh, I need to quit being critical of myself because I'm not pleasing them.
1: Well, a perfectionist, which I know you are, mm-hmm. um the critic kind of drives the perfectionist. You know, mm-hmm. it, it also beats up the perfectionist when you can't be perfect, right?
2: That's exactly right. And
1: so the negative talk was really tough on you, wasn't it? In yes, it head. was. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the negative talk about yourself, then that means you were angry mostly at others or yourself?
2: Actually, I, I didn't get angry at a whole lot of people. I got angry at myself more than anything. And so people didn't ever see that side of me, you know, and
1: uh, yeah, you wouldn't a lot want a lot of business with that.
2: No, no, no one wants somebody somebody's angry all the time. Yeah, because
1: mm-hmm. I know um, working through getting rid of sabotaging behaviors, mm-hmm. I could see that beating yourself up all the time,
0: mm-hmm. not
1: would make you uh, and, and not liking yourself on the inside. That's correct. Okay, mm-hmm. that uh, you would really want to deeply desire to get rid of that to Mm -hmm. get rid of that anger and that Mm -hmm. self-hatred because you would have to pretend so much. Mm -hmm. And so did anybody really know Tommy Kirby?
2: Not at that time. Tommy Kirby didn't really know Tommy Kirby.
1: Well, that's good. As far as when you said not at that time, because people know you now, don't they?
2: Mm -hmm. They sure do. Awesome.
1: Mm -hmm. So for you, um, you got lost. You started having some addictions. Mm -hmm. You uh, had all the power and money and, um, you, you did meet your own desires a lot. The yes. desires of your heart, you really met as far as, you know, doing the things that you loved mm-hmm. um, on your free time. Didn't take a lot of time for your family as much as yourself. Mm-hmm. So when you came in, you looked good, mm-hmm. but you felt bad, em- right? Empty. Empty. Yes. Yeah. And angry. So going through the coaching, the process, um, what do you think was the most helpful?
2: Well, being able to examine myself uh, from, through the period of my life and uh, being able to uh, reconnect and rewire myself back into a, a, a true self and, and realizing that, uh, that there was false self in, in my life and uh, being able to rewire myself back to a, a healthy spiritual, true spiritual
1: so when you say true self, you mean the true you, yes. Tommy, the yes. person you are now, yes. really. Yes. And then the when you say false self, you mean that dark that person that hate that when you hated yourself and you maybe behaved very selfishly mm. and did all the things you really didn't want to do. Like okay, you wanted to, but you wish you hadn't.
2: Yes, it's, uh, it's kind of like the dark self could be the <laughs> pleaser, the uh, the critic, or the perfectionist.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: there you
1: go. So for you. Um, rewiring meant to get rid of that sabotaging behavior. Yes. You know, because credit can be helpful if it's not so negative, right? Right. Um, so, I think, uh, are you talking about the retreat then when you mm. go and you rewire?
2: Oh, Lord, the retreat.
0: <laughs> i tell you,
2: that retreat is a, uh, it, it's an experience of life uh, that uh, I will remember probably for the rest of my life. Uh, being able to go back and, and uh, uh, Think about the sin and the, and, the, and the wrong that I had done and, mm-hmm. and the guilt and the, and, the, and the pleasing and the selfishness and all these things and going back and, and, and getting all the false me mm-hmm. up forward and then turning around and letting the true self of me forgive myself.
1: Yeah, and I think that forgiveness is so important, no yes, matter what is, you call yes. it. Um, I think that you you did forgive yourself. You yes. forgave yourself. I mean, you know, I always ask people, do they need to forgive themselves more or other people? And in your case, it was yourself. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think if I can say anything about coaching for you, you became free.
0: Yes. You
1: were so free after. You just mm-hmm. felt like uh, the anger was gone. the mm-hmm disrespect of yourself, because mm-hmm. I think that before I met you, you were very disrespectful to yourself in a lot of ways. You had mm-hmm. fun, mm-hmm. but um, but uh, yeah, so getting to the point where you were free. Mm-hmm.
2: Getting to the point where I was free. It was free.
1: Yeah, you're free and, now?
2: Yeah, and most of the, uh, uh, even though Christ had given me freedom when I accepted salvation, uh I knew Christ, and I still was praying to Christ, even when I was angry and even when I was a critic and, and a perfectionist and all those things. I wasn't allowing myself to release myself to freedom. And uh, I knew that uh, uh, being bound down with a thought, false self, that uh, that I needed help and uh
1: Well, the false self is, you know, it's just all the dark emotions that -hmm. that, uh, it tries to get you to uh, meet the needs in very unhealthy ways. Mm -hmm. So you found out your needs, your real needs, Mm -hmm. your real values. Mm -hmm. And I can, I see you're living your values now. And um, so coming through coaching and becoming uh, really healthy, Mm -hmm. how's it, how have you, how's it affected your business? I mean, when I say healthy, I think of you as really seeing who God sees Mm -hmm. this wonderful creation that he's made you a certain way and you've experienced, you know, he's of all the stuff you've been through, Mm -hmm. you know, it's exactly where he wanted you to be now. Mm -hmm. And so all that stuff, the only person that's holding down is inside you. Mm -hmm. And so when you let that go and you just are willing to be what God made you and just Mm -hmm. go for it, Mm -hmm. you know, like somebody left the the gate open, Mm -hmm. just run for it and be like, you know, so what's happened to you now?
2: Well, uh, being in business for so long, you got to realize 40 years is a long time. Probably some of the listeners are not even that old. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, uh, I had uh, learned to be uh, happy and satisfied like that. And uh, uh, today, that was working on myself and for myself. But today, being free, I actually rely on most every single thing that I do on the spiritual life that I lead, as well, and uh, I trust now in in a Savior that uh, He's going to take care of me.
1: How does that look in your business?
2: Well, uh, I, I kind of kid around a little bit about most most of the time because I can uh, I can tell uh, uh, my clients that. Uh, if you want to talk about the devil, I can tell you about the devil. If you want to talk about the Lord, I can talk about the Lord. but uh, they understand that uh, that I am a work in process continuously to, uh, to perfect uh, the spiritual life that I have freedom to choose.
1: Do you make more money now or less money?
2: I have no problems with money. I, I do want to tell you and it's uh, uh, I have absolutely given my business to the Lord. And uh, I um, I don't have to worry about money at all and, and, and jobs that we may bid or jobs that we may be doing. Actually, I don't have to worry about them because uh, God takes care of me uh, every day and every second and every minute. He protects me and he protects those that work with me. And I pray for them continuously and I pray for myself continuously for good health, prosperity and uh, and being trust, trusting to Christ.
1: Well, and I think people, if there's businessmen listening, what they want to hear is that this made you made your business better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that people might be afraid if you take away a lot of the things that, that inspire you and that push you and push you and push you and beat you up. You know, that perfectionist kind of stuff and all that guilt and shame that mm-hmm. drove you. That That's what pushed you. You take that away, your business would go down. Mm-hmm. Did mm-hmm. that happen?
2: no it did not uh, actually uh uh it got better he gave me relief he gave me freedom uh he gave me uh uh a, a, a spiritual well-being uh and and knowing that god is in charge of my day and in charge of my life and uh you know it it's been a wonderful thing it's been a process i believe god had sent me for coaching and uh uh, because I wouldn't let loose of some of my old habits and stuff, and uh, I didn't realize it. You know, I'm thinking, you know, a lot of times men won't say, "Well, I really don't need this." You know, it's it's no pain, no gain. But that's not so. You don't have to be in that pain. You can let God have that pain, and you can let God. You can trust in, in Jesus Christ uh, to to head you in a direction that you need to go. And if you know the world is looking at you continuously. Uh, and you, you know, as you perform, you need to perform with ease, and you need to perform with a with a good spirit about you. And uh, a lot of times, it's uh, it, it's tough to be a good Christian businessman because. Uh, but I, have, but and the reason why I'm saying this, Ann, is because uh, uh, the the business world, a lot of business people still, you know, they do things, they do foul things that uh, that that I don't care to do, but. Uh, God has always directed my path, and uh, uh, since I have surrendered more to Him and uh, and give more of my life and, and my love and my kindness and, and my goodness to Him, He has sent me in a direction that I don't even have to worry about money. I don't have to worry about uh, scheduling. I don't have to worry about uh, the process anymore, uh, because uh, I have I have got freedom with Christ.
1: And you and your family.
2: Yes, my family does too. And and they're they're getting, they're going through a healing process too. (laughs) Yeah, they are. (laughs) Yes.
1: But they are so thankful that you have healed. And they're so thankful for this new Tommy.
0: Yes. You know,
1: and I, your wife talks on Facebook a lot Mm -hmm. about it. And, um. I think that the transformation to have their dad back and their husband back, mm-hmm. um, and yet have you still be successful and the whole family to be successful. Mm-hmm. Now, if these if people want to reach you, how would they reach you?
2: At uh, www.ratechconstruction.com. Ratech
1: R A T E C H R
2: A T E C H
1: construction.com. Yes, ma'am. Okay, that'll be awesome. And. Um, so as far as uh, hearing about the successful life of a businessman, this mm-hmm. was Tommy Kirby today telling about his personal experience, and he really has come through, and everything is flourishing for him and, um, and his family. And uh, we have enjoyed having you today. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to having you again uh, next week. Mm-hmm. And, and thank you for listening. And uh, Tommy, you want to say anything before we go?
2: May the Lord bless you, businessman.
1: May the Lord bless you. Yes. All righty. Yes. You guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving, and enjoy your families.
2: Mm, yes.
0: Thank you again for joining us. Living Well with Ann Beal airs live every Wednesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to see you again next week.